All show participants, including myself, are to the best of our abilities and intentions here to engage in informative discussions about any and all facets surrounding mental health issues with integrity, sensitivity, and honesty. As your host, I am here to start the conversation and help, but all of my opinions are of my own and not to be substituted for professional medical expertise or treatment. I am not a medical expert, and while my opinions on this show are intended to bring positivity, change, and help to my audience, some of them might not be agreeable to you. Know that these opinions and experiences are only shared with the soul and express intent to help you start the journey toward a better day, not to hurt, offend, or discredit. And with that, let's start the show. How are we today, everybody? I hope you're doing good. I'm your host, Tyler Coe. Welcome to my mental health show. A reminder that you can watch the recorded version of this show on YouTube and Facebook, as well as listen on Spotify, iTunes, and most of your audio platforms. And we do the show live each Monday on Twitch, except for today. Today is a very special day. Uh, we're doing a special episode. We're doing a little sit and chat with a uber talented person um, who just happens to be a friend of mine. Lucky to have her. Uh, we're going to have an open conversation about being vulnerable and what that means for your mental health, which is so, so important. I mean, that gets into everything from shame, fear, guilt, uh, regression. You know, those are words that we strive to replace with positive ones. And we might be able to do that today. We're about to find out. So introducing to the program, uh, Barbara Dunkelman, famed actor, voice actor, uh, showrunner, creator, uh, writer, improv extraordinaire. I don't know if I have enough time to do her entire resume. I might as well just get her on the show. Barbara, how are we today? We are fabulous, Tyler Coe. What's up, my friend? I'm so excited for you. It makes me just, my heart is filled with love and happiness right now. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I also love the disclosure, by the way. Yes, I mean Excellent. that's. I mean it's a really important thing, and I think that's something for all of us to know. Um, that when we get into these conversations, I mean it's a tough subject, right? And no matter what it is, but we're not here to hurt, right? And we're here to help. But sometimes we overstep our boundaries. Uh, mm -hmm. We do trigger somebody in a way that we didn't really understand, and it, it's tough. But yeah, it's good to get that out there. That anybody watching the show right now, like we're all here to help, and hopefully, like. I, I tell people every episode, Barb, like if you can get just get a nugget, just one nugget from one thing that one person said on the show, then it was a success and it doesn't matter Absolutely. about the rest. Right. I 100% agree. That was something when, you know, obviously when I used to do Always Open, even if I just got one message from one person saying, you guys talked about this thing and I didn't realize that other people also went through that and this helped me and I, I feel more comfortable about my situation or I know how to handle it now. Even if like I did a hundred thousand episodes of Always Open and just got one comment like that, it would be worth it, a hundred percent. That's how I felt about the show too. Every time I watched it, like somebody always dropped a gem. Every single yeah. episode it happened, and without a doubt, I mean, you always got flooded with messages from people saying like, "This thing changed my life," and it's insane. And I got to be honest, Barb, like one of the inspirations uh, for the show uh, was definitely Always Open, uh, specifically episodes that I'd come on were kind of the catalyst for why I did this because I started to realize that when I talked about mental health, like it felt like right, like that's probably yeah. the thing I needed to do and I got the good responses that I did. I'm like, maybe I should just do this. So I appreciate you letting me just use you. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me do that on your show. I'm happy to be a catalyst for you finding your joy. Uh, no, but that's awesome, really, to 
like that means the world to hear that and to know that that kind of sparked something new inside you and, and something that you wanted to focus on and do something about. That's amazing. I appreciate that. Um, and so let's get into it. Being vulnerable. It feels like even today I was thinking about it. Like, I don't know if you were too. I was like, all right. I, so we're talking about being vulnerable. I have to be vulnerable on tonight's show in a way that I haven't. I'm a little nervous about that. Um, yeah. Because it's obviously like this really tough thing to do. And I think here's the bigger thing is like all of us feel vulnerability always. All of us. Every single human being mm -hmm. has always felt it. But when you add on a mental issue, illness or disorder, that gets, you know, everything gets exacerbated to a level that you, most people can't even really understand because it goes into your self-esteem, it goes into your confidence, which worsens your physical condition, your social condition, even your economic condition. And whenever we expose ourselves, we really have no idea, like a true idea of like where that's going to end up. And we don't know what the end result is going to be. And so you expose people who are mentally ill or going through a disorder to sex, drugs, alcohol, stress, peer pressure, responsibility, relationships, like you name it, that is a dangerous game to play. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing is that it shapes you in such a big way, Barb, because you know this better than anybody else, is that if you decide to be vulnerable as a person and you take that first step and that first exposure, if it's a bad one, that can be horrible. The consequences well, can last you your whole life. life. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's... um. I think about this a lot and I, I've always been fairly comfortable in my own skin and fairly comfortable with who I am, but there obviously are times where, you know, obviously we're in a very specific profession where the public opinion is a, a common part of your life and you're kind of subject to a lot of people's opinion of you. And so it's, it's hard to be completely vulnerable because there's that fear of what people will think about you and how people will perceive you. And yeah, as you said, like if you have a negative experience with it right off the bat, all you want to do after that is just close up and not open up to people and, and just hide, you know, these very deep parts of yourself that are just going to get bottled up inside you and make you lash out in ways that aren't healthy. And there's such a level of distrust there too, right? Of misplaced distrust with things like it happened that one time so i don't trust any of it anymore i'm never going mm -hmm. back to that place i'm never going back to that type of person it's just a thing that I, I i can't even get towards it's a huge massive trigger for you You walk by it every day it's just something you can't touch and i think that's something everybody can relate to and i you know i thought barbara this was really inspiring because you recently revealed last year that you had been suffering from a condition and buddy i had no idea you know i didn't know it was a thing and I thought you were I so well. <laughs> well, I think, well, hey, master at it, right? Like, I think that's why everybody here is watching this. In some form or fashion, all of our view viewers, you and I included, have like a closet full of masks that we can wear every <laughs> single day for any party or occasion. Doesn't matter. Who do you need me to be yep. today? Yeah, I can yep. do that. Sure. Need me to hide this for 28 years? Yeah, sure. I can do that. Um, but I thought it was really brave of you to come out and kind of talk about your condition. And for folks that don't know, if, if you could kind of give us a good recap of, of what that is and what led you to talk about it, I think they'd really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, happy to. I uh, have a condition called hyperhidrosis, which is something that is usually genetic uh, that people get typically around puberty. It has the onset around puberty. Uh, but what it means is that you have excessive sweating uh, that is completely uncontrollable to you and it's just at any point in time. So you, you're, you have overactive sweat glands uh, that produce essentially like 
50 times more sweat than the average person. Um, I had it in my hands. I have it in my feet, my underarms, other parts of my body where it's just like something that I have no control over and I just have to deal with it. Um, And it's something that when I was younger, I was so embarrassed and ashamed and I didn't know any single person who has something like this. I would see all of my friends like interacting, holding hands, you know, playing Red Rover, just dancing, whatever they were doing. And I was like, well, if they touch my hand or do anything like that, they're going to be like, why is your hand wet? What is this? That's disgusting. And so it made me shy away from so many experiences in life and so many opportunities just because of what other people would think and how I felt about myself. Um, And so I recently went, uh, I underwent a surgery for it. That was, you know, 75 to 80% effective. Uh, It wasn't 100% because I have a pretty severe condition, but it's like already life-changing for what it is. Uh, But the reason I, I wanted to talk about it and come out about it is because when I was young, again, I didn't know any single person with this. I didn't, I felt so alone um, and that I couldn't talk to anyone about it. Nobody would understand or they would think I was unhealthy or dirty or whatever it was. Uh, And if I could just reach out to one person who is experiencing this and make them feel like you're not weird, this is just something that you have and other people have it too, uh, then I, you know, I felt like that would be really comforting, perhaps. So, and you know, very scary moment. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I can imagine. I mean, I, I, well, I can't even imagine that on a daily basis, but there is, and I don't mean to trivialize your physical condition, but like, there are striking parallels with everything you just said and equating that to somebody having a mental illness of mm. feeling nervous, feeling dirty, that nobody can understand this. I'm completely alone. I don't know anybody that feels the way that I do and everything that goes into it. And you, Barbara, I mean, you had it twofold as far as both your physical and your mental health, because that definitely shaped it. Right. And Usually. I mean, how have you noticed kind of in your journey? And obviously that's awesome that you got the surgery and that it's good for you, you know, who cares about anybody else? It's awesome that it's working for you. Um, how have you noticed if you have at all a difference in your mental health now? Is there a relaxation? Have, have you noticed some stuff subconsciously that's better, worse? Or like, how do you think that's played out for you? I think the biggest thing I've noticed is when you're dealing with something like that, whether it's an illness or a condition or, you know, an event in your life, you don't realize how much space it's taking up in your head and in your brain and just in your entire thought process and capacity to think. And then once that isn't there anymore, once you don't have to deal with that, you don't you finally feel the weight lift. A weight that you didn't really comprehend was there and you couldn't really I guess like put a a physical part to it. Like you knew it was there. But once it's gone, you feel the sense of freedom and the sense of mental capacity that you didn't have before um, that is now opened up. It's freed. Have you, have you noticed that freedom like in your thoughts, at least in maybe like stress levels or just like your day to day? Absolutely. Um, I don't have to worry about bringing a towel into my office when I'm going to be typing on my keyboard. Um, I don't have to think twice about going out to a party because I'm worried that I might meet someone new and have to shake their hand. Like it's just little things that you incorporate into your routine that are now 
unnecessary. I think that's amazing. And I think that's a really good lesson for anybody trying to, uh, trying to make that connection in any way they can. Cause I think that's the biggest part of this conversation is that connecting with people who are different than me, but it's the same and people feeling that their mental illness, that if they could work on it a little bit, right. Just solve a few things here or there. Like it could be that stress-free. I could eliminate some of these things where, man, I don't even have to fucking worry about that anymore. And like, that's the dream for so many people because I think when it comes to the conversation of vulnerability and mental health, the biggest hurdle in building a bridge between those of us that go through something on a daily basis or our whole lives and people who have never affected any of it is getting them to understand that just because they can't see it does not mean that the disability is there. And I don't mean to say this in a, in a mean way, and I want to be sensitive to this crowd, but for all of us, if you see somebody with a physical disability, if you see somebody in a wheelchair, you don't think, well, they could walk tomorrow. No, they can't. If somebody's schizophrenic, they don't choose to be schizophrenic some days and then not. They're schizophrenic. I'm bipolar. That person's depressed. Like, those things never go away. They're every single day. And, and Barbara, I was actually... Um, I'm actually beginning to like volunteer and try to be about it. Right. Cause I can't just do this show. I got to learn. I got to get out there. <laughs> I, I talk about it on this show. I'm in the audience with the rest of the viewers. Gotta walk I, the walk. I got to walk the walk, man. And so I was talking to a, th this lady who's eventually going to get me in and she was asking me like, oh, if you could say anything, what would you say? And I told her this, and I think this is kind of along the lines of what you're talking about as well. When we're talking about masking and hiding and all this stuff is, um, I think everybody's seen the Avengers. For the most part, you've seen the Avengers, oh, yeah. Barb. Of course, of course, of course you've of seen course. the Avengers. I, I doubt there's anybody watching that hasn't. <laughs> but there's that scene in the first one with Dr. Banner, right? The big fight in New York. And I can't remember who said it, but they're like, hey, Doc, now would be a good time to get angry. And what does he say, Barb? Do you remember what I'm he says? I'm angry. I'm that's old. my secret. That's a secret. So when I tell people that I'm bipolar, and I'm sure this is the same for a lot of other people that have afflictions, I tell them, that I am sad every day. And that's not to make people feel sad, but it's for them to truly understand like this never leaves. This is every single day that this happens. And so many people who are afflicted, I think wish could get that across to the other side, get that across to mom and dad, get that across to my boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend. And they're never able to, because it's not a thing that leaves every day. Um, and I think for you and, and sharing, it, taking that first step out to be like, look, this is what I've been as Barbara Dunkelman my entire life and what I'm going through. Dude, there's so much power in that. It's unbelievable that you're knew. able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, um, you know, you bring up an interesting point too. I think there's a common misconception, especially from people who, you know, haven't previously suffered with mental illness, that it's something that could be cured or just you could choose not to do someday. Um, whereas I think that that could be an unhealthy way of thinking about things. I think it's more of learning proper ways to cope or and proper ways to be prepared and know how to handle situations when those things do surface. Because oftentimes a lot of mental illnesses are just, it's part of you and it's just gonna be with you for potentially your whole life and you know, Things could trigger it at different moments, unbeknownst to you and unbeknownst to any sort of like planning. And it's just something that I think people with, you know, practice and oftentimes professional help, which always recommend, uh, you learn proper ways to address them when they do surface. And that's such an important step. 
that's kind of all we got. I mean, I don't want to be demoralizing here, but I think everybody kind of understands it. Like, it, it's tough to hear, like, this is never going away, right? Because that, that sounds like defeat, right? Like, it's a losing battle. Why should I even fight it? I'll just, you know, stay in this, you know, life of just this sucks forever. Like, it doesn't have to be like that. You know, the little things you talked about that you can do and can contribute to the fight are worth it. They're absolutely right. 100% worth it, right? Um, do you have any of those little things? Because we're going to have some viewer questions for you. Because uh, I know you were so used to that on your show, Always <laughs> Open, that I figured, hey, I got to return the favor. Uh, but a lot are asking about, and I think this really plays into uh, everybody's life. Um, we all, in a sense, have to be on camera. We all have to be present. No matter what our job is, we're, we have the light on us when it's work time, right? So for you, a lot of people have been wondering Literally. what... <laughs> literally sometimes uh of what is that kind of like having to go through those kind of emotions mentally that you have in your life those challenging times and still being able to put on the face it honestly it this year in particular was a challenge um to the point where i, I really questioned why i was still doing this and if it's something that i wanted to continue doing uh and it, it's it's tough you know I, this year this past year and a half has been some of the hardest times for, for a lot of people. Um, I would argue the hardest time in a lot of people's life. And my, it's myself included to have to go through this isolation and the world falling apart and these terrible things happening all over the place, people dying and just having to handle the weight of that and to, to feel the empathy that I tend to feel which is very strong. And I, that sounds like a humble brag. It's really not. <laughs> Being empathetic to a, a extreme is, is awful. Um, it could be debilitating in ways where you just feel completely helpless and just numb. Uh, but to have to go through this year and feeling that way, but then, oh, we have a live stream at one o'clock. Gotta have fun, be entertaining, make content. And... <laughs> You know, I, I will say um, there were times where I was feeling really awful and we, you know, had to record a video or do a stream. And there are times where it, that ended up cheering me up and making me able to concentrate on something else for a little bit. But there are plenty of times where it's just, I really just want to stay in bed. I don't want to put on makeup. I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to have to turn on my computer. I just, I don't want to, but there were days where we just did because that's, that's what we do. Barb, did you find, and I found this as well, you know, doing this show and even for, you know, kind of just what you mentioned, just getting out of bed, mm -hmm. you realize how much you lose when you don't have people around you. And maybe if you're somebody who said, I, you know, I'm, I'm not really a people person. I'm an introvert. Some of that might be BS because you learn like through the pandemic and what we're going through, like, oh my God, I need people like Superman needs the sun. And trying to create the energy by yourself to be on or to just get up and go is so unbelievably hard. Did you, did you yeah. find that as well these past two years? Absolutely. And being a content creator, um, as you know, a lot of people I'm sure could relate to in any occupation, so much of what you do is uh, made better by the people around you. And being able to have that camaraderie with your coworkers, like if we record a video, we'll be chatting before, we'll be talking, and we'll record the video, we'll finish, we'll be hanging out after, we'll go get lunch, like whatever it is. But during this past two years, it's been, 
All right, everyone ready? Everyone start rolling. Do your video. All right, well, I'll catch you guys later. And call, and you're alone again. And so it just felt, it, it kind of increased that isolation in that way because you didn't have that regular camaraderie that you do with the people around you. And I'm sure it's like that for most jobs. Yeah, just not even, I think we forgot like how important like the basics are. And I've been enlightened to it this year, man. Like that's why I'm doing the show. I forgot how to walk. I forgot how to breathe. <laughs> I forgot about touch. I forgot about like we forget about these things when so much of it gets stripped away, right? Or at least the opportunity yep. to. I, I realized like, man, I used to have so many things, like just even going to the gym and being around other people and feeling an energy. I didn't have that anymore. And so many, everybody who's watching this had that thing that they're like, oh my God. That was the thing that was keeping me going. I didn't even know. Yeah. And it's been, it has been really difficult to, to try and, <laughs> it goes without saying, if you're mentally ill and you've lived through the past two years and you're still here, I'm not kidding. That's a fucking victory. Hey, That's congratulations. Un it's unbelievable that you're here. Because um, yep. it's so difficult to have those things stripped away. Um, but uh, it's funny that you go back to that as well as like the kind of the being alone part. And I think that's one of the biggest issues with, going through mental illness as well is that it's so difficult that if I go to the doctor, I go to my psychiatrist, I go to my therapist, I come back home and I don't have anybody to really talk to about it. I'm still alone with my friends and my family. And I think that's why it's really important for somebody to find at least one, right? One bond, yeah. no matter what it is. Um, do you have somebody like that in your life or multiple people like that in your life? Um, I'm extremely fortunate to have a partner in Trevor uh, who is the most supportive and patient and wonderful, loving person I've ever met in my life. And he also has been going through it this year. And the fact that he's been able to be so strong for me in those moments, even when he's going through it too, has been so telling. And I'm, I'm very lucky because I know a lot of couples in quarantine maybe didn't make it or, you know, it kind of like unearthed some truths about the way people are, but it's only brought us closer together and like having him for me and be there for me and, and just also feel like I could help him. He's very receptive to, to that kind of um, energy as well. Like if he's going through something, he's not someone who, who closes people off. He, he very much lets me in and lets me help. Um, and support him as well. So I think having that balance between you and someone else is so important because oftentimes I think people feel like they might be burdening someone or the complete opposite where they feel like someone's burdening them. But, and no one wants to feel like that either way. Uh, so it's it's been very telling. I think that's unbelievable that you have that. I hope for everybody watching and listening that they can find somebody or do have somebody like that. I think it's essential. Um, yes. I, I recently, not to bring this up too many times on this show, all my viewers know this, but I, I lost my therapist about two weeks before we aired the show and she was that person for me that I had. So like trying no. to find somebody new, which is, hey, that's it's it's life and that happens. At least I had her for as long as I did, but I also bring it up as a reminder that you can't stop even when you lose something like that, there still has to be a continuation because I know that if I stop, and I know there's others watching this or listening that know if they stop, you know where you're going to go if you quit. You know what you're going to fall back into and you can't do that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny, it's so like it's kind of getting into like our, our questions, but that's something you just touched on is like, where do you draw the line between letting your friends know what's going on and overburning them? You know, what are those certain things? 
that you have specifically? Like, how hard was it to talk about your condition to close friends? Um, very hard. Um, I, I think because it's such a, I felt like it was such a weird topic to bring up because I never felt like there was a right moment for it or that there would be any sort of true understanding of what it meant and, and why it was hard on me. Because most people would think, oh, you just have sweaty hands. Like, what's the big deal? And it's like, no, this has taken such a mental toll on me for 25 years to a, a point where most people can't understand. But most people do understand because everyone is, everyone's dealing with something. And I think oftentimes you forget that and think that no one will understand what you're going through. But then you realize everyone's going through something. You'd be surprised how much people understand. Yeah. We talk about on the show the great uh, Robin Williams quote where he says you, that exactly that. You never know what anybody's go, going through. Be kind always. And that always, Barb, I think is kind of one of the hardest things to do. Because I know, I know most people would say it's easy to be kind. It's easy to smile. I disagree. You know me. Sometimes it's hard to be kind. <laughs> Sometimes it, it, for all of us, we have that one person or situation where it's like, oh, my God, I shouldn't say anything because I just can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I just can't do it right now. But you but you have to. And it's very difficult. Um, it's natural. It's natural because we're all kind of in those situations. But I, I think that is kind of the hardest thing is like that the over burdening of certain situations, certain emotions and whatnot. That's where you got to really protect yourself with different outlets. Like I know I can talk to this person about that if they don't have a Trevor, if they don't have somebody, you know, that they can rely on to kind of pick and choose which I mean isn't gravy, but it's kind of the best way it's going to go. Because again, it kind of goes back to that regression. If Trevor wasn't that way, well then, well gosh, that wouldn't be very good for either one of you, would it? You know? Right. And and I think it's important to recognize when you're in a situation or in a relationship, whether that's a partner or a friend, that isn't good for you and that isn't healthy for either of you. Uh, and that you're not the happiest you could be in a certain situation because life is fucking short and if you're not happy in a situation it's one thing to have bad days and stuff like that but it's another to just feel like you can't be your true self and you can't be vulnerable with someone and you can't be what i would say that the true form of intimacy is when you feel no fear in being your true self to another person i think that's true intimacy that's true vulnerability and if you feel you can't be that way with someone whether again it's a partner or a friend or anybody it's not worth your time it's not worth either of your time that's not good for you man that was a knowledge bomb right there thank <laughs> you that was the, that was the nugget right there everybody's like damn yeah i felt that i felt that a lot the truest form of What's... intimacy is that yeah and it's god like, seriously life is so fucking short i know i sound like a huge stoner right now where i'm like bros listen life's short man all right but seriously like just be happy. We have so few years. Just just be happy. And it's been tough to do that. I think all of us at least have got some perspective with COVID and what we've been going through being stuck inside in our own little cells. Like we're all striving to get out there to just feel sure. that one moment of happiness. And I think you really nailed it for whatever relationship you're in. doesn't matter if it's romantic or not. I've tried to practice that as well. Of yeah. You need somebody in your foxhole that cares. Mm -hmm. The, the perks are exactly that. They're perks. And perks are great. Perks are fun. We all love perks, whatever they are. But if it's not somebody you can be your true self with, then it's not worth it. 
And it's okay if that circle is really small. I have a very small circle of friends, Barbara. I mean, you're one of them. You know my picadillos and some of my stuff. And like, I have felt that trust because you find those people. We talk about on the show, like we got to find each other in the dark because we're looking for each other. It's just hard to find um, one another yep. uh, in there. But And man. having people around you who you feel like you have to be a certain way or that they're going to judge you for what you say or who you are. It's, and spending so much time trying to please these people or to try to convince them to like you or anything like that. Um, I'm a notorious people pleaser and it's a very unhealthy quality. So yeah, it's just spend the time around people who want to be around you just as much as you want to be around them because the rest they'll fall off. There is that negative voice that I think all of us have, right? Of like, if you were entertaining Barbara for a second, a crowd of a thousand people and 999 <laughs> loved you. But then that one person was like, meh, they will keep you awake for years. Years. We all wonder, years. why didn't they like me? What was that about? <laughs> like, I just, it's, ugh. But we don't, and we do that a lot, especially I do that all the time with my mental health where I spiral, right? We all spiral. And I focus on that. I don't focus on the ratio of, look at all these things that are good that I should focus on. I'm taking my negativity to one spot, which is something we all do. It's ridiculous. We spin yep. for no reason. Yep. This is the spiral. <laughs> <laughs> the All right. dreaded spiral. <laughs> Let's get to some viewer questions. Uh, I had so many people sending questions. We're going to try and get to as many as we can. Some of them you've already uh, answered. We had a lot of questions about overburdening between family and friends and how do you, you uh, deal with that. This one I thought was really interesting. And this kind of harkens back to literally like five seconds ago when we were talking about this. But Barbara, <laughs> do you have any tips on how to not take things that happen in a professional setting, i.e., you know, mostly related to work personally. Um, do I have advice? I could talk about this for a while. Um, as someone who, floor. as someone who, uh, I live in Austin. I moved to Austin to work at Rooster Teeth, as some of you know. And so the only people in the city I know are through Rooster Teeth. So all of my friends are also my coworkers, which makes things complicated sometimes when I have to be boss Barbara about something or I have to get on someone about, you know, work ethic or something, you know, professional wise. Um, it's awkward and it's uncomfortable, but it's the same thing where if it's someone who is a, a true friend and knows who you are as a person could separate. And it's not your responsibility to inform that person that there's one version of you that's obviously a friend and another one that has to do their job. And sometimes doing your job is not going to be the nicest. Uh, it's not always going to be handling people with oven mittens or, you know, kitty gloves. Uh, sometimes you have to be harsh with people. And if they hold that against you, for your friendship, that's on them more than it is on you. I think that's really good. It kind of reminds me of the, uh, there's a popular office meme that goes around with Jim Halpert saying that the, uh, the idea of me and your brain is not my responsibility. Yes. So, and that is something that is so important to remember. There are a million versions of you that exist in all the people you've met uh, in their brain, but the only real version of yourself is you. And how you feel about yourself and how, uh, what kind of person you know you are 
And if other people have different opinions, that's not your responsibility. That's something that they have to deal with. And it's something on the flip side that we've manifested before. I know that, you know, coming into different <laughs> places, I always think like, oh, they hate me. Oh, this person clearly hates me. Oh, they oh, hate me. The that time. one does too. They'll never talk to me. Like we've, you just manifest this dumb bullshit in your head. Something that I, I've had to remind myself of is that, and this is going to sound cheesy as hell, but I'll say it. Every person is their own main character. They are worrying about themselves more than any other person. Even if you think that they are thinking about what you said and they're dwelling on something or they don't like you or whatever, they're not thinking about you. They're thinking about how people think about them. It's always, it's just like <laughs> this web of thought that's spreading out in the world. But Barbara, you you trying to say <laughs> we're our own worst enemies? Uh, you know, maybe. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Oh, hello there. <laughs> <laughs> Consequences of my own actions. <laughs> Um, oh, you're back, aren't you? Oh, there. Yeah. Hello, old friend. Um, so this one is a unique one. And I, I didn't know if you could touch on this. I, if you haven't experienced it, it's okay. But I have. And I thought this was really good. We had somebody say, um, what do you do when you're having a bad mental health day and you try talking to somebody about it and then they turn it into a mental health competition? Um. I, luck I don't know if I've been in many situations like that, luckily. Um, but what I would do is... some. There's just some people who have that kind of personality where they feel like they always want to be the person going through the worst things or feel like, you know, no one could possibly have it harder than me. And maybe they are going through some some bad shit. And it's just kind of their way of expressing themselves and their way of kind of getting those thoughts out. Um, but in terms of like making it a competition, that's, that's a tough one. Um, especially if you're opening up about something that you're going through and then all of a sudden they're turning it on you to make it about them. Uh, it could be frustrating. I would say maybe don't go to that person as your person to talk to about that kind of stuff. If it's just going to make you feel like your, what you're going through is inadequate or not as important as what they're going through, because I think everyone's stuff is important because it's what they're going through and that is their life and that's all they have. Um, and it's never a competition of what's worse or who's going through something harder because if it's hard to you, it's hard to you. And that should be that. <laughs> that's true. And I, you know that, I mean, you've been going through hard times, but I will say my therapist died two weeks before the show. So in terms of that, <laughs> I think it's been harder for me. <laughs> Listen, I got to bring some levity to this show when I can't. Sweaty we talk. hands. <laughs> it's true. It's always that hard thing. It's always kind of like that. It is. It's like that, you know, well, I'm not really doing that bad. You know, there's kids going around the world tonight without a bed. You know, they're sleeping in the streets. There's always there's so many horrible things that happen to so many people, countless people all over the world that are just absolutely dreadful and obviously i think it's important to learn gratitude and and to be grateful for things that are positive in your life or that you are happy about and to try your best to focus on on those things as much as you can while still understanding that you're allowed to feel bad you're it's okay to not be okay as the saying goes uh no matter what your circumstances i think you're uh that that's valid in so many more ways than one, because um, 
If you are doing exactly what you just said, giving yourself a break, trying to be happy in those moments and passing on kindness, then that's the best you can do because those people that are destitute, they would want that because they want to do that and they can't. They don't have the ability to, but you do. So you're doing the right thing. It's tough to remember that we got to take a break every once in a while. Some of us are very hard on ourselves. I know that you know that about me. We've had many a conversation oh, about that before. It's it's okay to not be okay. It's also okay to be okay. Like you're allowed to be happy. You're allowed to feel joy in things. And, and you shouldn't feel any guilt if you do. You should allow yourself to have those moments. That's really good advice as well because we talked about this on the show of like exactly that. Like, oh my God, I'm happy. What is this feeling? <laughs> Wait, stop. Is this right? <laughs> I don't know what's wrong. I can't stop <laughs> laughing. I can't stop smiling. Somebody help me. I feel... Soak it in. Light. Soak it in. <laughs> yeah. And just remember like that. That's what life is about and just soak in those moments and allow it to to flow over you. Um, I'm going to hit you with another question. Um. So this one, I mean, you kind of answered this, uh, but I, I think it's good the end part of this question. Um, when somebody in your life finds out about a side of you, you're not ready to share with them. How do you navigate that conversation? How do you start that conversation? I think it de it's, it's very dependent on what that is and what the situation is like and who that person you're talking to is it's a lot of variables at play here um but you know i think it's important to be as as open and honest as you're comfortable being um i know obviously topic of vulnerability it's hard sometimes to be completely open and vulnerable to somebody about something you're not yet ready to share um but if you find yourself in that situation i think you'd be surprised as to how good it feels to just be true to who you are and be honest with not only the person you're talking to, but also yourself. It's a very freeing feeling, I think, most of the time, you know, depending on the circumstance and the person you're talking to. Um, <laughs> but I think um, you'd be surprised at how it, good it feels to be honest about something. And if, you know, hopefully it's a person you could trust, but I would reiterate that, say like, you know, I'm, this is something that I haven't felt comfortable opening up about, but I, I trust you and me sharing this with you means that I trust you and I, I hope that you respect that. And, you know, don't take that for granted because that's a very difficult thing for a lot of people to do. It is. I think we all kind of think it's like flipping a coin, whether or not we should tell this person that, but flipping a coin is like 50-50. And I found, as scary as it is, and I'm sure you have found this as well, and people watching, listening, that it's not 50-50. It's more like 70-30 or 80-20 that this person wants to help, <laughs> right? Like they yeah. they do. They, they take it in with you. They sit with you in that moment. I remember I was actually in a relationship where there was a girl I was seeing who I, I wasn't ready to disclose that I was bipolar yet, but it kind of came out. And um, it was kind of an awkward, awkward ending. And then our, our the next time we saw each other, this was probably the most heartwarming thing that's ever happened to me. She had brought a, a little binder with questions that she had printed out about my condition oh. with a pencil. And she's like, okay, so I have some questions. And I was like, this is, yes. That's wonderful. This is yeah. exactly how I wish it could be for everybody else whenever they have that thing that they have to talk about. So, yeah. um, man, 
This is good stuff, Barbara. I'm so glad you're here. Everybody's just loving this. I know they are. Can't see it, but oh, I know I'm it. I can feel it. Um, <laughs> before I get you out of here, one last question um, that we had. I want to end with this. Was there any advice given to you about mental health that stuck with you and has helped you to this day? Wow. Um, yes, definitely. To answer the question, absolutely. There has been a number of pieces of advice I've heard that have changed. Um, the, the biggest one that has stuck with me ever since I heard it in college, it was actually from a marketing professor, but he was one of those professors that's like very in touch with his younger side and very in touch with his students and like kind of has this like grandfatherly energy <laughs> like a very wise grandfather um but he said uh there was a quote he he mentioned where it was 90 percent of what happens in your life is based off how you react and only 10 percent is based off what actually happens and there's so much in your life that is completely out of your control and that you can't do anything about. And a lot of how you perceive things and how you go about your life is how you react to those things. And obviously, you know, we're emotional beings and sometimes it's hard to control those emotions and how we react to things. But, you know, an example that I remember him giving was, imagine there's a father who comes downstairs in the morning, he's getting ready for work and his, his young son spills a cup of coffee on his shirt. He could either, you know, get up all in a, a, a tizzy and like yell at the kid and then the kid has a bad day at school and, you know, the wife gets angry and he has to go change. And like when he goes upstairs, he like trips and like hurts his leg and then like he's late for work and all this stuff happens. Or he could just be like, oh, oops, that was an accident. I'll go change. Everyone's day is fine. He gets to work just fine. It's like a whole trickle effect. So that really stuck with me. Um... I don't know if that's necessarily like a mental health thing or more of a just perceiving the world and how you go about your, your daily life. Um, and another one is a Dr. Seuss quote. <laughs> and it's, it's not green eggs and ham. Uh, it's be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. And that is like one of my favorite all-time quotes. I want to get it tattooed on my body. <laughs> Because I have to remind myself of that all the time, especially as, as someone who's in the public eye. You know, people are going to criticize you. People are going to not like you, but fuck them. Those people don't matter to me. The people who matter to me are, are the ones who don't mind and who like me for me and who just will support me and be there for me. And like that's, that's, that's what matters. Those are both wonderful. And I think they actually <laughs> both, you said you don't know if that equates to mental health. I think it absolutely does. I think both of them do that you need to be with the people that matter and that that 10% that you can't control that mental illness that you have or that disorder that is just a chemical imbalance that is not your fault. Yes. The 90% of how you react is you could get help. You could reach out. You could get treatment. Um, you can start to work towards a better life. There's things that you can stay away from all the bad things that we know that, you know, the mentally ill gravitate towards. I think it absolutely equates to mental health. So thank you for putting a nice bow on the end of this episode. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Happy I could. But yeah, those are those are definitely stuck with me for a very long time. So I hope that it resonates with some people out there, perhaps. Oh, it absolutely will. That's the thing. Because um, it's all <laughs> genuine coming from you, my friend. And I think that's that's why it's so important to have you a part of this conversation is 
you're you're one of those rare ones of somebody that you can't hide it. There's maybe things that you can't hide, but you cannot hide your genuine attitude towards the world and how much you care. So um, thank you for giving us your love today, your advice, wisdom, sharing. That's all it is and what it needs to be. And I hope the goal for this episode is to have people see that the mental health conversation and how heavy and dark it can be and just doom and gloom, it literally is just talking about it. And you can just talk about it with somebody. It makes it better. It really does. I feel good right now. I was super anxious and stressed today before I came on. And I'm like, we got Bimmy Dunks on. I got to make this good. <laughs> and now I feel great, man. Because it's so good to talk I'm to glad. you. I'm, I'm so happy to hear uh, that things are going well. And and everything you talked about today on the show was very important. So thank you to uh, thank you for contributing to the conversation. Absolutely. And thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for for you know, being that voice for so many people and for making a difference and using your experience to help other people because that is such a rare thing. And uh, I'm honored to be here. I will come back anytime to chat uh, about anything, even uh, farts. We, we, <laughs> farts are a part of mental health too. I don't know exactly how, but we'll figure out a way. Um, I'll make a soundboard for it. There we go. Dude, I appreciate you joining us today. Um, yes, you are more than welcome back on the show anytime you want. Um, and yeah, we'll just have to check back in. I hope um, one of these days the goal for the show is to do this long enough that I can actually see you in person and we yes, can do please. this show. Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> Barbara Dunkel, uh, Dunkelman, everybody. Thank you so much, Barb. Uh, we'll see you next time, okay? All right. Love you guys.